us walk with God. Uh, after we done, after they collect, they will not collect it anymore, okay? And it will be too late. The Our probation is closed. Okay. Okay, collect them and do this. And then and then after you collect them, we will pray and then we will go directly to the message. Let me pray with you all now. And then yeah, Glendon and Tony, when you're done, you bring it here for us. There is this lady there. Uh, Jan Janet, we did this exercise to write on a piece of paper the apostle of Christ, the disciple of Christ, the twelve, that you would want, if you had a, the, the choice to be that, that apostle, that disciple of the 12 disciples, that one is the one. You put it there. And then you, you put why, and then you put another one that you would never want to be, and you put why. Put it there. I uh, already passed a piece of paper around. Can you give it to Janet if she wants this piece of paper? Apostles that you would like to be, and why? And that you not not like to be, and that and that why? When you're uh, one of the twelve disciples, okay? I know some of you. Okay, let us pray now, and then we'll go to the message. Let us pray, everyone. I pray for the message. Pray for me, and I will pray for the message and for you. It will be too late unless, like, um, can you give the paper to them there, quick? Pass it back there. All right. The title of the message is Let Us Walk With God. This expression is, um, is kind of a, an encouragement and an invitation for us to let us walk with God. Oh, when we say, like, let us go for, for some ice cream. Oh, uh, no, let us go for a little walk. Oh, let us go to church. Oh, let us go to uh, hiking. It's like a decision that you make, that you are deciding something and you act on it. And when it says let us, it is because you have other people deciding with you and this is an encouragement and you move on. So let us walk with how many of you here, uh, and I am sorry for being so um, obvious and kind of a, I will sound like, duh. <laughs> but I will ask those questions just as a, to get a, all of us involved. How many of you here would like to walk with God? Raise your hand. How many of you here, just be sincere, I mean like uh, we all have been walking with God, right? How many of you here at a certain point in time in your life, back many years ago, did not walk with God? Okay, now the third question is, what is to walk with God? You can, you can just say it, it's not a rhetorical question. 
What is to walk with God? Now you can compare your life before to your life now. To be what? Be pure. I, 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 I heard the word, but I didn't see who, but it doesn't matter. Uh, to, to be connected. But then when you say to be pure and to be connected, then I have to ask, what is to be pure? What is to be connected? Okay, good, good. All right, yes, Frank? Um, doing the things that Christ did when he walked. And the way o- on earth. Being a follower, right, of Christ. Yes, sister? Following through his word. Through his word. That became flesh, right? So follow him as he is then. Yeah, okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? There is no wrong or right, and there is no uh, embarrassing. It's just our views of how. See, um, what messages and sermons have been, it has been really more like um, Catholic in nature than Protestant and, and, and Adventist. Like the, the very fact of you standing up high here seems like it's better for to speak in public, right? No, it is not. Sound and voice does not travel down, it travels up. So I should be lower than you and you should be up there. That's why when you see those right good auditorium, the seats go down like this and the person is on the bottom there, not up there. Amphitheaters, for example, there is a circle, they are up, up there. And the ones who are not up there, they are close to you here, so they do not need to be up because they are close to you anyways. So this whole concept of you being above here has a psychological influence in the mind of the observer that is to portray like I'm talking down to you. And that goes into your way of thinking and acting that um, I am higher and better and you are inferior. I know more. I'm telling you. I'm teaching you. So this is all wrong. But why, would, why do we do this? So we need to do a sermon and work on sermons and messages that we really communicate and talk to each other. Now, who am I to be uh, teaching you? I was trained in theology and then I got uh, Masters of Divinity. Whatever that means. But truly, my school, my best school was when I came to churches. I learned with the elders, with the deacons, with the sisters, brothers, each one of them. Because that teacher is the Holy Spirit. And he is teaching them sometimes much faster than he is teaching me. Because maybe my head is a little hard and harder. (laughs) So uh, this concept, this idea, you know, only Jesus could be the one teaching and talking to them and instructing them through the Holy Spirit and so on. Um, so uh, Jesus is the only one, and we have to recognize he is the only one that could in the Holy Spirit. And even Jesus himself understood that in the mechanism of talking to people, he, they sat on the hills there, and then he talked to them from the bottom. That was just, uh, just normal. It's normal. It's the right way of doing things. And so um, 
the power of his influence in the mind of people was the message that he had, not the way he was seen and looked at and so on. That's why he did not come in the pompous, in the pump of the priests and high priests who, you know, like to be seen and so on. So um, to make it like more connecting, let me go through these questions. So, um, uh, Okay, we want to walk with God, and those are the things we think of. To walk with God is to do what we have been doing in comparison to what we had been doing before, right? That you said that once upon a time you did not walk with God, and now you walk with God. So you are in the Word. And each one of us is in a different uh, level. Uh, and it doesn't matter the age, it doesn't matter the education. Uh, the education is just really, education to me is just uh, a way of, uh, and I'm sorry for this word, it's just a common word, but I don't mean it that way. It's a way of channeling things. You know, channeling means something else, but it's like canaling. Whatever, if that word exists, like narrowing down to one particular and, and make you to follow that pattern and that idea and so on. But then the Holy Spirit comes and messes up all this plan and teaches all the other things. And then you have to learn with them because the Holy Spirit has a different vision and so on. Well, education for me is that. So that's why there is no one that is an engineer, a lawyer, a physician, and a pastor, and a teacher, and uh, an archaeologist, and a fisherman, and at once. It's like way too broad, too much. The only one that could be that is, it was Jesus himself. By the way, when you study all the spiritual gifts that the apostles and disciples, all of them had, one big discovery, one huge discovery among the scholars in studying them, they found out that Jesus had all those spiritual gifts, all of those. And only the apostles, disciples had maybe one or two, only one or three, but not all of them. It, 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 and it is like just a, a technical study of the lives of all of them. Jesus, it, it was not that they were being biased because Jesus is Jesus, let's help him. No, they found out Jesus was the only one that had all those gifts. And he is the only one that have all those gifts and that he gives Graciously, those gifts to and blesses us with those gifts through the work of the Holy Spirit. So uh, we are all learning together. We are all, uh, the Bible doesn't say um, that you are a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation, a peculiar pastor. It says a people. So we are all, all, all. So um, we really need to have a more interactive type of worship. Like it was in the temple of God. Now, uh, in the Old Testament, the Seventh-day Adventist people have kind of uh, deviated a little bit from the concept of uh, true biblical worship into the evangelical apostate Catholic way of worship. We, we have, we have. So much so that that's why I'm higher here than you. This is one point, okay? Uh, it, it's well, something that we inherited from, from coming from that. We didn't, you know, we, 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 even though we keep all the Ten Commandments, we have all this truth and so on. There are things that one day we will need to correct. 
how will the church be at the end of time? In a, in a, in a building like this or where? In, a, in the homes. Do you have in your home a place that is higher that maybe the husband talks to you or, or you talk to your children? No, it's all same level, right? That's the concept. Or if you are at the end in a cave somewhere, there is no such a place. You are together, same. And there is more in interactive. Now, the Seventh-day Adventist people, if you are a true Seventh-day Adventist man or woman, you need to keep this one thing in mind. Um, I, we have had so many discussions about the sanctuary here, the, the, the building here. And then this place here is kind of a, the most holy place, right? The holy place is there. This is the most holy place. The elders, the deacons come here and so on. But those, those, are, those things, are, and I'm so sorry, this, those things are wrong. Are wrong. If you are a, a genuine uh, Seventh-day Adventist, you will understand that there is how many sanctuaries that there are there. One. And where is that sanctuary? In heaven. In heaven. So when the high priest, Jesus, is in the most holy place, he comes out of the most holy place, he goes to the, the, the yard, the, the, the courtyard, which is the yard, is a space courtyard. Um, and who are they in the yard, in the courtyard? The nation, the people, the children, the children. So the courtyard is here, planet Earth. Right? Our high priest is in a real sanctuary in heaven. When he comes out of uh, the holy place, the Bible says that those who are found in sin shall be what? Cut off. And he comes out of that, he comes to earth, to the courtyard. So wherever you are here is a courtyard. Okay, this building is nice to organize for us to come together. And then you sit like, like you're not facing each other. You have to learn from me. Just one authority, just one person from here. And, uh, you have to learn from each other by worshiping God, studying together, reading together. That's the concept we will have to go back to either willingly or by force one day. And if you, get, if you are too much stuck with this church building here, you may be greatly disappointed and you will think, oh, the church is lost. No, <laughs> this is just a building. This building here will be as inflammable as anything else when the fire comes down. So um, the idea is we interact, we talk, and we share, which is the synagogue, synagogal, synagogal type of worship uh, where they interacted with, with each other, and, and then they had house, houses worship. When the Christians were expelled from the synagogue because that building for gathering, they, did, they, they were sharing too much of their views about this Christ, and then they were expelled, and then they decided to meet in, in, in houses. Not until the year 300, 330s, when Constantine had this bright idea of building temples like the pagans had temples so that he would have better control over the Christians. And this is history. You can study that. It's not something I'm producing. Of course, this place here, Ellen White talks about how we should be reverent in the sanctuary, in the house, uh, church, 
called as a name only house of God and so on and how important it is for us to be respectful to this place but how much respectful should you be here in church than you are in your bedroom living room or kitchen maybe more here and less there so can I go there and do whatever I want and say whatever I want and behave the way I want no wherever you are when you are gathering together with other like-minded Christians, you should portray yourself, promote uh, an atmosphere that uh, people will be focused and understand and read and be educated and be blessed. So it could be here, it could be your home, or it could be like when Paul went and met with some Christians under a tree by a river somewhere. That became the holy place. You know, the Bible does not say, oh, this is a holy building. No, they saw Mo Moses was there and saw this burning bush. Take the sandals off your feet because this place is a holy ground. Later on you see Joshua also when the captain of the, the army of the host of heaven, Jesus Christ, came to meet with him. He said to him, take the sandals off your feet because this is holy ground. So wherever you are that you are meeting in the name of God, that is a holy ground. So and then we talk with each other like iron sharpens iron. We sharpen each other's countenance. We make each other happy and so we bless each other. All right, let us move on here, walking with God. Let us try to answer that question. And please take it home as a lesson to, to yourselves. Um, to, as I took it to me, as I take it to me. Genesis chapter uh, 5 verse 24 says the following. Enoch walked with God, and he was not. For God took him. So God took him. God took him. God took him. So Enoch walked with God in such a way, the way you are walking now, and that you want to walk with God. And to the point that God said, you know what, this planet Earth is way too evil to this my precious son. He needs to go ahead of everyone and of time and just can't leave him there anymore. Come, come. So God took him. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, um, the author that we believe is Paul says the following, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. So he walked with God by what? By faith. That's the conclusion, right? So, and it was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, so before he was taken, when he was walking with God, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So he walked with God by faith, and to walk with God is to what? Please God. Is it a good conclusion? I, I think it is. That's what Paul is helping us here. Let us see another character, different character. This is Genesis 6, verse 9, when it says, This is the history of the generations of Noah. A big introduction. Noah was a righteous man. He was what? Righteous man. So a righteous man is the one who pleases God, right? It is impossible to please God without faith. So Noah was full of faith. He was blameless among the people of his time. This is one characteristic of those who walked with God. And then it says what? Noah walked with God. 
All right. Now, we on one other famous character. Uh, of course, all these Bible characters, they had to have uh, walked with God. These are examples that says directly that they walked with God. Abraham. God says this about Abraham. And he believed in the Lord. And he was accounted, he accounted him to... To, to him to be um, for, for, for righteousness. So Abraham. And the Bible says that Abraham walked with God. Look at this Bible passage. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. By faith Abraham being. Uh, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. To the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Wow that is faith. When Abraham called him, he did not call him to something. No, he just called him out of something. Many times we are concerned and we are like in this desperate need and anxious to go to heaven and so on. But you know what? We have not left the place that God told us to leave. That is the first step. Have you left the place that God told you to leave? Or you are still kind of uh, have a little... Some of the things there. Have you left that place completely? Like Abraham left that place. When you read the Bible um, in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. I did have this verse here. You will read later that Abraham walked with God also. He makes that statement here. I'm not sure why I, I didn't put it here. I had in mind to put it here. But it is there. And all the other ones walked with God. So to walk with God. God calls you to leave first. Don't worry about where you're going to. Leave. Please me, and things will be fine. Things will be wonderful. Wonderful like you cannot even fathom. You cannot even imagine how wonderful it will be. Do you know what God truly wants you to do in order for you to have a real life of joy? To walk with God is, is, the, is the way of uh, having joy in your life, right? Be happy. Be content, no matter what. Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says the following. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do what? Justly, to love mercy, and to do what? Walk humbly with your God. What is to be humble? Or to walk humbly. To walk as a humble person. It is when God calls you to leave a place, not telling you where to go, and by faith you trust Him and you obey Him. This is, this is to be humble. When you obey something or someone, it is the same as to say you go against your own preferences, your own belief, and you do that, that that person is ask, asking you. Like God is asking, you are being humble. Now you give up, give out your Ideas, belief, and approach of life. And you want to do that that God wants you to do. That is faith. And that is what it counts. And that is what, is, uh, what Enoch did. And, and Noah. And Abraham. And many others. As a, as a. Hold on. Did I change it here? No. Not yet. As a loving father. God enjoy, enjoyed his walking with Adam and Eve. And. He enjoyed it so much that one day, as he always did, he came to meet with them. 
And that was the beginning of um, a bad chapter that we are still here at the end of this, that chapter. However, however, Adam and Eve made a, because Adam and Eve made a terrible decision, which was not really to walk with God. And they lost their life of joy. They lost the privilege to walk with God. God came to walk with them. But they did something that instead of doing, being humble and obeying God, they decided to do their own thing. So they lost that privilege. So let us walk with God. Let us stop doing whatever we believe is right. So, but how do you know whatever we, be, we believe is right? And so let us then go to Jesus and ask, Lord, this is what I believe. This is what I see. This is what I want. But I want to know what you believe, what you want, what is good for you. Help me. And then do that. That is to be humble. Because of uh, Adam and Eve's terrible decision, God walked alone for the first time on earth. Not only Adam and Eve were affected, but God himself was affected. That's how horrible sin is. Because Adam and Eve made that decision, now God is walking in the garden by himself. Adam and Eve were not there. God was walking for the first time alone. And he wanted to walk with his children. And he said, you know what? To walk with them, something has to happen. And it has to be like something big, huge. I will have to die in my son for them. For them to be able to walk with me. I will have to conquer them back. Them back. I will have to reach them. I will have to save them. And he went on his mission of saving the world. Which is the great uh, plan of redemption. Genesis 3.8 says the following. He has shown you... Om- no, no. no. Um, okay, right there. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, it would have been awesome, went running to meet with him. That's what they did every day. But now, what did they do? They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Their very own creator, they said, oh no, he will walk alone now. You talk about you walking alone without, you know, in this earth. Imagine, we caused that to God. He walked alone once. And he had to do this, go through this horrendous pain to be able to get us back to walk with him. In John 8, 12, we see God telling the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve that they can still gain or regain the light of life, that they can still have the life of joy. This is what John 8, 12 says. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but walk in the light of life. And have the light of life. Yes. Adam and Eve followed God. Every day. But then one particular day they decided. You know what? We cannot, we cannot follow him. We did this thing. And it's, we, we, look, we look horrible. We, we are naked. His presence. His glory is not with us. Covering us. Now oh boy. What did we do? 
God had to send his son. So let us go back to Enoch. As we saw, Enoch was the first one ever mentioned in the Bible that walked with God, so much so that God took him for, to himself. Um, okay. Two passages from the Spirit of Prophecy to help us. That will help us to further understand how Enoch walked with God. Because we testify today that we want to walk with God. Right? And we want to learn that very closely. From Adventist, um, Adventist home, 2.12. Brethren, pray at home. Have you been praying at home? When you don't want to pray. That is a big signal to you. That, that is when you need to pray. I, I don't feel like praying. You know what? Whatever. I will get on my knees now. It will be like two seconds, but I will. Lord God, thank you for the day. Amen. But do it. Maybe God will remind you of other things that you need to be thankful for. Not only for that day, but oh boy. You know, we have the tendency of focusing on the bad and negative, but we all realize that we have been blessed. Especially, and I'll tell you, we who live here in this corner of the planet Earth, and in the, even in this little corner of the U.S., New England, we are the most blessed people ever. When was the last uh, earthquake you had here, or hurricane, or twist, or... You name it. All the, the evil. Yeah, we have been many evil things, but not as much as places in the U.S. or in the rest of the world. Well, when was the last famine here in New England? When was uh, the last attack from uh, another um, country with sending missiles and things in war? So this is a little, little blessed place. And there are so many overwhelming uh, reasons to be thankful. Brethren, pray at home. In your family. Night and morning. Pray earnestly in your closet. And while engaged in your daily labor, working, don't stop praying, lift up the soul to God in prayer. It was what? Thus that Enoch walked with God. Do you really want to walk with God? Could it be clearer than that? Let's go to another passage, uh, which is um, Review and Herald, November 10, 1910. He who is a citizen of, heavenly, of the heavenly kingdom. We are all citizens of the heavenly kingdom, right? We are here for a while. God took us from the life where we were when we did not walk with him. Now we walk with him. And now we are citizens of heaven. We'll be... If you are, you will be constantly looking at things not seen. Not the things that you not, but the things unseen. You will be thinking of heaven. How it's going to be. Oh boy, oh boy. Will I recognize you? Will you recognize me? I will be like, believe it or not. I am already handsome, but that... I'm just, I'm just, um, but that day I will be like, oh boy. You will look at Adam and look at me. You'll go like, whoa. God will transform me that much. And that will be with you as well. So we should be thinking of those things. Thinking of those things. Think how heaven will be. Will 
Be light. And while engaging in your daily labor, lift up your soul to God in prayer. It was thus. What? Um, do I have the right passage? Oh, 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 I'm reading the previous one. Oh boy, yeah. No, I read it again. Okay. Okay, right, right. He who is a citizen of the heavenly kingdom will be constantly looking at things not seen. That's right. The power of earth. What? The power of earth and uh, the, the power of earth over mind and character will happen what? Will be broken. They will not affect you. They will not affect you. And the text goes on to say this. He has, he who does that, has the abiding presence of the heavenly guest. Guest in capital G there. In accordance with the promise. I will love him and will manifest myself to him. He walks with God as what? Did Enoch. In constant communion. It is hard, I know. But we need to do at least that. And all that is, is, it is asking is for us to be connected with our Father in heaven. Here, here's, here's what I, I'd like to, to use this paper here. See, the desire of human hearts, Christians, when you read the Bible and you see these characters. Sister, who can read this from, from me? Uh, just read the two top names. Uh, on the right and on the left. Hold on before you go there. If you would choose, if you would pick uh, a name as a Bible uh, disciple of Jesus, I know that if you didn't choose that name, I know that at least you thought of that name. But the great majority thought of this name. Which name? John. John. Good. Huh? John. Wow. Now, if you had to choose a character in the Bible, I know that you thought of that name as well, but you wrote something else. But the great majority wrote what? The not liked one? Yeah. Judas got the most. Books. Judas. So you don't, you, thank you so much. You want to be John, and you do not want to be Judas. Let me prove to you that salvation is about character more than anything else. John is a word that means graced by God. Graced by God is kind of a being greatly blessed. His grace is upon you and so on. And the name Judas means praised. One praised. See that these are nice names, beautiful names. There's nothing wrong with both names. So the salvation of them or the damnation of the other one is not really based on who their, their names or so on. It was based on their character, what they did with their lives. And here, to conclude, we will take you to this. Uh, I've reused it here before, but this is a different sermon that we can apply this. I'm going to use it again. Acts of the Apostles, page uh, 557. Uh, Stay with me now and we come to a conclusion. 
in striking contrast to the sanctification worked out in the life of John is the experience of his fellow disciple, Judas. Like his associate, Judas professed to be a disciple of Christ, but he possessed only a form of godliness. He was not in, he Judas was not insensible to the beauty of the character of Christ. He was touched by the character of Christ. Of course, everyone was. And often, as he listened to the Savior's words, conviction came to him. But he would not, what? Humble his heart and confess his sins. By resisting the divine, what? Influence, he dishonored the master whom he professed to love. John warred earnestly against his faults. But Judas violated his conscience and yielded to temptation, fastening upon himself more securely the habits of evil. Evil desires... Covetousness, revengeful passions, dark and sullen thoughts were cherished until Satan gained full control of him. Talking about Judas. John and Judas are what? Of who? You all testified here that you would like to be John. Let that be a reality. You know, we take the, 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 the vote of the great majority and we apply to everyone. That's the way we do. We just voted the officers of the, the nominating committee. We took the vote of the great majority. Now it applies to the church. The church goes along with these names. So we go along with this. We all want to be John. And we do not want to be what? And you know, I didn't preach this sermon. It did not influence you. You put it on there. This is the work of God Amen. in the life. And this is the process of salvation and sanctification. Isn't it awesome? That is not from me. I did not tell you. I did not influence you. I have the paper here. Nine, 19, uh, uh, 15 for, for John. And the other numbers are like 9, 1, 1. And 17 for Judas. And 2, 1, 4. Interesting that there are more people that do not want to be Judas in comparison to John, who wants to be John. The thing is, like, I want to be John. And Judas is no way Jose. You know, that expression. In Greek is meigeneto, that Paul uses, which is no way. Should we continue on sin? Meigeneto in Greek. No way. It is like in, in, in English. No way Jose. No, never. Where am I? Evil? Okay. Those who profess to be... Okay. Moving on quickly for us to finish this, this sermon. Okay. Both John and Judas 
these disciples, both these disciples, had the same opportunity to study and follow the divine pattern. Same. Wow. How could one have missed it so terribly? Both were closely associated with Jesus and were privileged to listen to his teaching. Each possessed serious defects of character. And each had access to the divine grace that transforms character. But while one in humility, being humble, was learning of Jesus, the other revealed that he was not a doer of the word, but a hearer only. One daily dying to self and overcoming sin was sanctified through the truth. The other resisting the transforming power of grace and indulging selfish desires was brought into bondage to Satan. Dear friend and brother and sister, we still have the opportunity to be a John, like we expressed ourselves, all of us here. And to never, 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 no way, Jose, to be like Judas. So, for, so therefore, the question based on this text, are you sensible to the beauty of the character of Christ? Do you humble your heart and confess your sins daily? Do you war earnestly against your faults? Do you faithfully walk in the light? Homework. Go home and read this. Easy to remember. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, 5, 55. It has that story and more. It will be of a great blessing. At the end, when everything has been said and done, there will be only two classes of people left. The good and the bad. The sheep and the goats. The wheat and the tares. The righteous and the unrighteous. The Johns and the Judases. Those that walk with God and those that didn't, that don't. God wants you to have a life of joy by walking with him. And we have a great and awesome privilege to renew that commitment to walk with him today. Amen.